Cassidy. And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th ranked UMass Minutemen. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the time. Puts it on the deck. Head fake, shoots, block. We are back for episode 13 of the Frontline Fanatics podcast. I didn't think we were going to be here. I don't know if you thought we were going to be here listening out there, but we've got some Richmond Spiders postseason basketball. And as much as you guys might think that Aggie and I just love to see all of this team, we're both excited uh, that we still get to see some games this year, even though it's not traditional March Madness. So you guys know me. You go. You guys know Aggie. NIT bracketologist in residence is here. What's going on, buddy? And um, how are you feeling right now? I feel weird. I feel excited, but weird. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, first off, just want to say it again. Uh, you can't spell NIT without frontline fanatics. So thank you for, <laughs> uh, for tuning in and supporting. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. Um, feeling good overall. Happy. Uh, doing well. But yeah, it's definitely a weird situation that we're in. Um, I kind of, after that loss to, uh, to Duquesne in the A-10 tournament, I was kind of just like, all right, I'm done. You know, it was a long season, went through a lot with COVID and just not a ton of winning. Um, and then, you know, when some the weird stuff happened with, what was it, Kansas and UVA with them pulling out of their tournaments and their status being up in the air. And then teams that were on the bubble saying, okay, we're not really interested in playing in the NIT. So once those teams dropped out, I think it was like St. John's and someone else, and they were like, we're not really interested. I was like, okay, well, this gives us, you know, a chance. I, I don't necessarily think maybe that we deserve to get in, but I think people for some reason all season have loved us in bracketology stuff. They always put us up there. Well, Richmond's one of those teams that can make a run. So I think it's good for them in terms of if we can make a run, it's good for our program and it just makes the, the analysts look good too. But yeah, I'm excited for more basketball. I, I'm never going to be upset with more basketball no matter who we're playing, even if it is the NIT as long as it's not a painful NIT loss like Miami from a couple of years ago. I don't think I can go through that again. But, yeah, interested to see what's going to happen. Um, we're going to get into the team first, and then we'll talk about the matchup with Toledo on Wednesday. To start off, um, some news from uh, Noah Goldberg's source um, regarding that Grant uh, will not be playing in this next game. And that immediately followed with uh, Chris Mooney's press conference that I haven't got a chance to watch, saying that he's questionable. Evan, you can get into that a little bit more, but some stuff is definitely up in the air with Grant, and it's kind of a weird situation for me. After watching him that last game, he looks kind of checked out, and not checked out, but like pissed off, and that kind of made me feel like he's checked out and done with playing for the year, and maybe for Richmond as a whole. I'm starting to think that more now than earlier. Um, Like in the last episode when I said everyone was coming back, don't feel that way anymore, but definitely a weird situation. I I kind of think he's uh, he's done now. Yeah, so my, I mean, my take on this is, so in the press conference, Coach Moody used the term, he loves this term, game time decision. And I know that's not, I mean, people use that everywhere, but uh, what we've come to know with Coach Moody using the term game time decision is that that usually means if he designates a player that way, they're not going to play. And he used that term to describe both Blake, who's dealing with the hip, and Grant, who's dealing with the finger. And what's, like you said, what's interesting is Noah Goldberg, who's, you know, the kind of the, the student journalist uh, insider on Richmond, 
has a source. We don't know who this is or what they are or whatever that Grant's not going to play. And in the press conference, he literally said to Coach Mooney, after Coach Mooney said Grant is a game-time decision, he said, Coach, I have a source saying that there's no way Grant plays. What is your response? And Coach Mooney doubled down and then tripled down when he was asked for clarification that um, he is a game-time decision. So um, my personal thought is that neither Grant or Blake will play, um, not only in – this first game against Toledo, but also potentially the entire uh, NIT. Blake is also a game-time decision for those who don't know. Yeah, right. So Blake is also a game-time decision. And here's why I don't think either of them will play. I mean, originally, I was going to talk a little bit about, like you said, Grant's frustration at the end of that game could have been carrying over to now, and maybe there isn't as much motivation to continue playing when we've missed out on our our goal for the year. But if we look at it, you know, logically and, and with a little bit of realism, um, for Grant specifically, his finger injury is something that does not heal over time. He's basically been putting off surgery to be able to play in the A-10 tournament. And, um, you know, he will only be able to progress forward in his basketball career with surgery, right? He can't just keep yep. playing. So, and as you and I have talked about, we think Grant and Blake are the two front runners to have a successful professional career with Grant probably being at the highest, highest level of that with Blake behind him. So in my opinion, Grant's probably sitting there saying, hey, look, sure, I could play in the uh, NIT, but I could be risking further injury. Um, maybe he just wants to get surgery done with so that he can you know, take the, the spring and summer to start getting prepped for pro ball and whatever that process is going to be. Maybe he enters the draft. And uh, for Blake, it's probably the same. Blake's uh, hip, I think, is something that will get better over time. But maybe there's a chance he doesn't want to chance it, right? He doesn't want to tr- get a worse hip injury or mm-hmm. maybe because he's favoring that hip he plays little off balance and that puts him at risk for other injuries. And so I think both, both you and I will absolutely admit we get it. Like we get, if either of these guys play, they're both fifth years. They're both very, I mean, you and I talked about this and people were giving you some flack, I think for saying everybody's (laughs) coming back. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty unlikely at this point that either of those guys come back, I think. And I would go as far as to say there's no chance either comes back. Um, So I get it. If they just want to move on, they want to get surgery or get started with their rehab process and get ready for what the next chapter is. And I think that's what we're seeing. And it stinks because I think, I mean, anyone with a, you know, who knows this team knows that is a severe hindrance to our chances of doing anything in the NIT. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of what happened. So I don't think, um, you know, no one should be questioning like their effort or their, you know, their love for the game or their desire to win. You know, it's, it's just, sometimes life's bigger than college basketball, right? And for these guys, they've got a next, next step lined out for them. So that's my thought. Yeah. On, on yeah I mean, it's kind of transpiring. No, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, it's a calculated decision. You're always going to make calculated decisions in your life, especially for them when there is potential to have a, a life after college basketball. So I think it's, it's probably the right move though. People will, including us will say what we really think it is. Uh, but you know, it's not like we're, if we were, let's be honest, if we were in the NCAA tournament, this would be a different situation. Both of these guys would be doing whatever they have to do to get on the floor. But it seems like we didn't really, I don't know, this is totally an, an outside looking in opinion. The way the season ended, I feel like we just kind of wanted to, to be done with this year. It was a disappointing year for everyone, really. And now we're like back in this NIT tournament. I just think these guys didn't really want to play as a whole. And I think that totally factors into that as well. Like, everyone knows these guys don't get paid to play college basketball. So why are you going to play in a postseason tournament that really doesn't matter at all just to try to win a couple games? And, and at, 
And like, what happens if, like you said, if something happens where, yeah, you win one or two games, but you sustain further injury or someone who was healthy gets injured. Like, let's say, God forbid, someone that tears an ACL, they're done for the whole season next year. So I totally get it. I think we're both on the same page there. It is interesting, though, to think about, like you said, if this was the NCAA tournament, yeah. we both think it would be a lot different. And um, I still it's think, tough. A, it's tough, uh, dude, it's, it's a lot tough. of the questions asked today at that press conference I was listening into was like, how did the team react to that loss? Like, how did they react to getting the NIT selection? And I think a lot of people are all, you know, under the same kind of thought here that this team isn't as likely to be energetic and pumped up to play in the in the NIT as maybe a team like Toledo who were playing. Again, we, we don't know these people personally. We, this is all speculation. But if you put one and two together, it makes a lot of sense that especially a lot of these older guys might be angry about the season and either ready to move on to the next step or move on to the next year. Um, and maybe that goes down to the younger guys. So it's a precarious position to be in. I think it's, it's again, it's hard for coach Mooney. Yeah. Hard for, hard for coach Mooney to navigate. And, uh, we'll see. I mean, again, my prediction is that neither of those guys will play, uh, not only in the first game, but if we win the rest of the entire NIT, if you had to pick, if you had to pick though, who would you say is more likely to play in this first game? Blake, because okay. like I said, I, Grant's, I agree. Grant's injury is literally, it, it cannot be, it's, it's not over time. Yeah. So he just got I, a finger, he's got a bone in his finger that's like going yeah. the total wrong way. Yeah. So um, I think it's, it's Blake. I would love to see Blake play because as much as you and I like joke about Blake Harden, like he's fun to watch. He's great. Yeah. We know he gets to get own. one more, one more game out of him for sure. Right. He, he, has he, a gives, fan perspective. he gives a hundred percent effort and we know he's, he's fun to watch. Right. So yeah. Again, not, not to say anything about Grant, but it would be great to see Blake play once. But I, my prediction is neither of them are going to play in the entire NIT, um, which leaves us to fill two starter spots in, in this next game. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit, but one thing yeah. we haven't talked about yet is the game. We are, yeah. we are playing the actual Tol- game. Toledo, um, the, uh, I think the regular season champion of the MAC. Yeah, uh, we all Mac some West, Mac. Yep. This, is, this is a big MAC podcast. Mac, There's Mac lots of love about the MAC. Yeah, 21 and, and uh, on the season. So this team, yeah, they, they had a great year, although they didn't really play anybody. Their best win, I think, was their conf- in-conference win against either, uh, like, the Akron Zips or Ohio, who's now in the tournament, even though Ohio was only, like, 15-8 and eight in the yeah. this whole season. They played, uh, they played uh, Xavier, I think it is, and, and lost yeah. by two, but Xavier's not even an at-large team. Yeah, by three. And uh, they, they lost to 20 by Michigan. However, we yeah. lost by, like, 30 to West Virginia, who's also on Michigan's level, so – Maybe and both those games out. were like three months ago, so or yeah. four months ago now. So a lot has changed, pretty much. A lot has changed, but um, they're a they're a good team. And here's my thing: I'll pass it over to you to do some initial analysis on on what Toledo's got. But oh yeah, a huge, full strength huge, rock, huge Rockets guy over here. A, a full strength Richmond team. I would actually pick this as a great matchup for us at full strength for a few reasons, and I'll leave those for a little bit. But okay. What do you, what do you a little, think? A little teaser. I love it. What, what do the people need to know about, about the, the Toledo Rockets? Yeah, huge Toledo Rockets fan. Oh, I would call myself a Toledo Rockets expert after watching about 30 minutes of film on them. Full, I'm, I'm an expert. Um, all right, so these guys are fun to watch. Um, they're, in my opinion, they're a lot like us. They're not the biggest team, but they're built similarly to us. They have strong guards. They shoot the ball a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, want to highlight the boy, uh, Spencer Littleson, I think it is. Um, he shot 213 threes this season. 
made 101. So he's almost shooting 50%, but 213 threes is insane. Absolute sniper. This guy, insane. this guy, I think he shot like 45% on the season and 50% yeah. in conference play. Sniper. Which is nuts. Like they shoot a lot, but they make their shots. He's like white guy, ponytail, really weird shot. A lot of fadeaways, but you got to respect that. So he's a, he's a threat. He's a double digit guy. Ryan Rollins is a freshman guard for them. Six, four freshman, really good player. Averages like 13 and a half and, and five and a half rebounds a game was super solid. And then their top guy, in my opinion, is uh, Marion Jackson. I think that's how you say it, right? If it's not shout out Marion, I apologize. Um, he's six, one senior. They're also an older team. They have a lot of seniors like us. Um, averages 18.4 points per game, 6.1 rebounds. This dude can get buckets. He can shoot outside. He can get to the, to the rim. Overall, I said, I said it's Evan before we got on. I said they're a pretty athletic team. And then I kind of – Evan gave me some pushback there. And I was like, you know what? Well, they're quick. They get up and down the court and they shoot a lot. And they don't really play defense. So it is kind of that spray and pray ball, almost a little bit like St. Joe's. But they're obviously better than St. Joe's. So um, I think that's a little bit of my initial analysis. Um, and one other thing that was big, like you said, we didn't really play – they didn't really play a ton of guys. But they did win 10 of their last 14 games in the season averaging like 80 points a game, but they do give up 70 points a game, which, which isn't, isn't great, but they shoot 45% from the field. So I guess like anything else, you shoot your shot hard enough, you're going to hit some every once in a while. So um, I'll hand it over to you, Ev, to, to give some continued analysis on there. Yeah. I think it's Marion Jackson Marianne, or Marion, yeah. Marion yeah. Jackson. I hope it's one, one of those. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, so let's, uh, I mean, it's Marion actually. Let, let's go through. Well, do they have like the pronunciation guide when I click his name? No, that would be easy. No. Um, so I mean, look, let's not sugarcoat this. This team is really good and they're very similar to us. So Jackson is the Mac player of the year. Check right there. Pretty very legit. 18 and and a half points, 18, six and six, um, is, is really solid. 91% from the free throw line automatic 35% from three and 40% from the field dudes. He's, I would say he's a volume shooter, but he's clearly not. If you're shooting 40% from the field, 35% from three. Um, so dude's just a bona fide scorer. He's a beast. Littles, Littleson, you mentioned, knockdown shooter, like f- third. How many? You said he shot 200 threes on the year, and he's 47 percent threes. 101 like, for nuts. 213. That's crazy. And then Rollins is the uh, Mac freshman of the year. Yeah. And then their coach is the Mac coach of the year. So we've got yeah. Mac player of the year, coach of the year, freshman of the year, and then Littleson I think was second team and and first team all defense. So. This guy's got a lot one, of talent. One other guy they got is uh, Cedric Mildner, too. He averages like seven boards a game. He's not huge. I think he's – I mean, not huge. He's 6'6", but he's kind of like a, a Grant-esque yeah. player, but very athletic. I was going to get into that, and I'll get into it in a second. But what I just all wanted right, to say sorry. really quickly, um, all five of their starters average double figures. Can you think of another team that, that's like that right now? Richmond Spiders. There you go. So that's <laughs> – I mean, that's really unique, right? So I think yeah. both of these teams are offensive-minded and – I think I actually think Toledo's a little worse on defense than we are, um, but yeah, I it's just it's just a, a similar matchup on paper. I just think in the way these teams play, they might be a little bit more open to shooting at will versus us trying to get that good look every possession. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason why I hinted back then that I think this would be a really good matchup for us on paper. So you mentioned Cedric Mil- Milner. He's their four. He's he, he's six six, and if he's a six six forward, I think he's probably like actually six five or six four in real life. Yeah, and then JT Schumit is their center, and he's six seven, two ten. Yeah. So, so in a game like this, if we had Grant, that would match up well too. They're small, and they don't rebound incredibly. Thirty seven a game. Um, they only average ten offensive rebounds a game, which is not that anything yeah, crazy. Nothing crazy. Yep. 
and they don't block any shots. Like they, they average <laughs> yeah. two, two and a half shot blocks a game. So like, if you, th- if you guys think about Duquesne, the game we just lost, they've got those two guys down there. I think it's Hughes and Weathers. They block shots and they rebound. And so this team is a complete oh, they, opposite. They blocked a lot of shots in that game. And I think you and I, like when we would watch, we would watch Richmond non-conference games where maybe Toledo is a better team than some of the teams we play in non-conference in the past. But uh, I'm thinking mostly a lot of those Virginia schools like Hampton, ODU, like yeah. these teams you or Radford, these teams usually have like one guy who puts up like 20 a game. And he's just like yeah. – a six-one point guard, and that's exactly who this Jackson guy is. But it looks like this yep. team is really complete, and they have a good, you know, they have a good cast around them. Um, but they don't rebound, they don't block shots, and so we all know our, our 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 kryptonite is when a team rebounds, block shots, and they don't seem terribly athletic. Like they don't have they don't have that many big guys. Like you know, Jackson is six-one, uh, Littleson is six-four, and he's not playing above the rim. And like Rollins is six-four, so they're not that big. They're not that athletic. Um, I will give a shout out to AJ Edu. He is their 6'10 center who got hurt second game of the year. He was their starting center, averaged like eight rebounds a game. So maybe if they still had him, it'd be a little different. But shout they out, basically, like you said, they basically just committed to like small ball Houston Rockets. Like we used to say we're Houston Rockets, but no, these guys are just yeah. pulling threes, running in transition, like not playing much defense. So again, if we had Grant in there, I would be very confident. I would actually be almost locked to take Richmond to win this game. Yeah. But now I would not <laughs> at, yeah. at all because I don't think we're – I think we're going to miss two starters to what, – what is Blake? Second team and Grant's third team. So two all A-10 caliber players. Um, and so I wouldn't at all. And I would pick I would pick Richmond to lose this game. But um, let's get into that a little bit. I mean, what do you think about us potentially losing those two guys? Who do you see – the starting five being with those two out and, and how do you think, you know, how is it possible that we could win this game even with, with those guys not playing? Yeah. So Richmond is two and a half point favorite as of now, Monday at nine fifty six PM, obviously depending on those game time decisions, I think that could change a lot. We think that's changing the Toledo's way. I would definitely recommend yeah. grabbing some value on Toledo plus two. If you can. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, I think, I think if we don't have them, it's going to be tough. I don't think we'll win this game either, especially if we don't have them and we're just not motivated at all. I don't think there's a chance we win. Starting a lineup, let's say they both don't play. As much as I – after last game, it's tough. But I think it's going to be Jacob. I do think Andre is going to start, even though that last performance was atrocious. Um, Burton, obviously, at the three. Probably Sal Falcaresi at the four. And then uh, – I don't even – and Grace, probably. I think that's what – unless we're going to go younger. Did, did, Nathan, did Nathan Ko go back to Canada? Oh, Nathan that? Ko, Jesus. Sorry, Nate. I, I, I blacked out there. Um, yeah, so I think we I think we still start – Honestly, I think we still start Sal and put KO at the five. Interesting. So I would say I would expect us to run out with – see, that's really tough. I think, obviously, Gilliard's, Gilliard's at the one. There's a couple uh, Bert- different couple different mixes yeah. they could use. Burton's at the three. KO's at the four. So yeah. the question for me is who are at the two and the five. I think, Mooney, you're right, will probably start um, Gustafson. Yep. I think 100% he should start Isaiah Wilson. Now, maybe he's worried about Gustafson, you know, getting upset. You know, everyone and their mom is in the transfer portal right now. Yeah. Maybe Andre. The whole UMass team. <laughs> seriously. Oh, God, we'll get into that. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe, you know, he doesn't want to try to set Andre off, so he'll start Andre. Yeah. But we saw over the, really the last couple regular season games and then the one game we played in the freaking tournament, for God's sake, um, uh, we saw that Isaiah gave us better minutes offensively and defensively. He was knocking down some threes. 
He was competing on defense. And so I think Mooney should roll with the hot hand there and, and get him out there. And I think Andre's better off the bench personally. And, and maybe he'll be able to see that. And then at the five, I, I think he will run out Matt Grace instead of Sal. I think, unfortunately, I thought this was going to be a defining year for Sal. And, I mean, maybe it has been in the wrong way. I just don't think Sal's a fit on this team at all. Nothing against him personally. It's just he came out as a three-star recruit, and it just has not found a role outside of being a bench big man to give us, like, some fouls and maybe a block shot every other game. So I think he'll roll with Grace because he's at least shown us he'll – hit a three every now and again. Like, he's not going to rebound or play any defense, but he'll hit a three. And um, so if we're going with that, you know, projected lineup to me of, of Jacob, uh, Andre, Tyler, Nate, and Matt Grace, I mean, to me, unless Tyler Burton's playing, like, early season Tyler Burton where he's an NBA player. Or the first or half Nate, of the A-10. Yeah, or Nate is going, like, you know, Nate KO 10 for 12 mode. Like yep. we're not going to be able to manufacture our own shots. And you're going to see a lot of what we saw in that second half against Duquesne, where we just couldn't get an open look. Like yep. it was that brutal. So, you know, hope you, hopefully you guys understand why we're not too high <laughs> on, on that. Again, on paper, I think this is a great matchup for us. Toledo's never seen us. I mean, I would say this is a game where Jacob gets four steals. Uh, we get a couple of easy backdoor looks, but I'm just not that com- you know, confident with running our offense through Matt Grace <laughs> as opposed to Grant. And I just don't think Grant plays in this game. So I can't get, yeah. I can't get too excited about it. The only reason I think Grace comes off the bench is just because I feel like he doesn't really play extended minutes very often. And when he does, he gets into foul trouble. So if you start him and he's getting in foul trouble really early in the game, like yeah. where do you go from there? So I feel like it's better to have him off the bench as, as an alternative, but who knows? I guess we'll see in a couple of days. Also depends on who's playing and who's not. I think that's probably it. That's all. That's all I have. I think that was pretty good. Um, prediction. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Toledo 74, Richmond 68. Wow. Uh, pending they both it, don't play. Pending they yeah, both. Yeah. So to say, pending both non-playing, I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go. Toledo gives us like 80. Toledo gives us 81, 81 to 74. Okay. And if Blake Harden does play, I think I'm gonna we can go, win. I think we can. I'm gonna win, go even Richmond. With just him. Richmond 78, uh, Toledo 72. So I think right, like he's go. that much of a swing to our offense. So we, cook, we need him. We need him cooking. We need him cooking. That is, that is, you know, that's our prediction on that game and, and, you know, analysis of both teams. One thing that's interesting on the NIT though, and I don't know if you have any, you know, thoughts on this. Um, three bid league is what we thought. Well, we're actually, what is it? A six bid league. Six we've got bid league, baby. Yeah. Four, eight. I don't know how in the, well, actually, okay. I do know. It's There's just no a 10, way. A 10 tournament part two. Well, there's no way Dayton makes the NIT without like six teams backing out. Like we're a no two way. line. Yeah. Dude, the I, think, way, the I think we're maybe Dayton, a four line. Like the if they I saw don't... Dayton's name, I'm like, we're in. If Dayton's yeah. in, we're in. We're a two. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know, so it's us, Dayton, Davidson, and SLU, and we're on the same bracket as SLU. So if we win yep. this game, we get a SLU rematch. And that'll potentially, be... potentially if they win. Who who do they play? Do we know? Uh Mississippi State. I don't know anything about them. They're Very okay. They're decent. They can play, they can play hard. I don't know. I kind of like Slew to make a run. Like I would bet my money on Slew winning. This, I want Slew to win. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, and we'll cheer for him for sure. It will, it will be really interesting to see if we do match up with them second round because I don't know. Without if we don't have Grant still, like they're gonna murder us. Inside. Yeah, I mean, but when we did have, let's him, not count our chickens. Like <laughs> yeah, before we'll we lose to the Rockets. Yeah, we'll talk about that if we get there. Um, any thoughts on four bid four bid nit a ten though? Um, in, very interesting. I think like a lot of these. If you listen to a lot of shows or watch a lot of shows, you'll get, I've, I've been getting this take. I think it really just shows the power shifting in college basketball. I mean, I know the NIT doesn't mean much and people opt out, but if you just look at the regular tournament too, there's so many blue bloods that aren't there this year. 
And I think the mid-majors are really starting to, to get some more power and some more credibility. Like even the Mac, the Mac has two teams for the first time in the NIT this year. So with, uh, with Buffalo and uh, whoever we're playing Toledo. So I think, I think it's good. I think it's good for us as a conference. Um, and I guess it just shows that we also want to play as opposed to some of these other teams, but that's about all I have. So like you referred to, I think there is a little bit of a, a 10 news worth talking about. I mean, it's related to the transfer portal, right? And just like, I mean, the transfer portal is insane right now. It's, so it's going to be such a cool offseason. Yeah, and we thought this was going to happen. Like, we figured a lot of teams would just be losing people left and right. But I don't know. It's been crazy already. And one team in particular, UMass, got absolutely hammered by the transfer portal today. Yeah. Trey Mitchell, who's our best player, got thrown in. and Or, I'm sorry, got thrown in. Entered. Um, and <laughs> he, was then, shoved, he was shoved yeah, into really. the transfer portal. And then there's a report that – like six additional players might also be in the portal. So they're going to lose yeah. their whole team. I mean, yeah, crazy. That just gets me nervous about like what could happen after this season for us. Yeah. And I mean, they had a good year too. A better than expected year, especially in conference. Yeah. So I don't know. It was surprising for me, but I mean, good, good for the players, I guess. Players are finally getting some power, especially in this year where, you know, they're able to finally get a leap into potentially going to a bigger school. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, Trey Mitchell's a beast. He's going to be, one of the highest recruited transfers, if not the highest. So, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see him at a power five next year. Yeah. So sure. say how, how high do you think he goes? Like, does he get like, I, I think he could go to a high top, P5. I think he'd go to a top 25 easy. Yeah. Hmm. I think he's that talented. Um, and, and I don't think their coaching is, is great up there. So. Um, speaking yeah. of, tr- speaking of transfer portal, we have some breaking news into the frontline. Oh, no oh, Lord. Breaking news. DeMonte Buckingham at do it for G10 will be entering the, the transfer portal and leaving Cal state Bakersfield as a grad wow. transfer. Wow. Do we think, I, didn't, do, I didn't even know he had eligibility left. <laughs> do <laughs> we think there is any chance that Chris Mooney gives him a phone call and says, DeMonte, we Zero. know what happened before, but we want you back on the team. You can be our star. Are we making that phone call? There's no chance. No chance. I mean, Maybe there's a chance he wants to come back and play in Richmond, but if he's coming back, he's going to VCU, bro. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know what. I, oh, I, my I, God. Can you imagine if he goes to VCU and then just be crazy. hooks us? I mean, he probably would. He didn't I, – it's funny that we that, that just happened because we, I randomly tweeted that photo of him when I was watching the game the other yeah. day, and it got, like, a good amount of likes, which was, which was strange. But um, he played, like, 12 minutes, I think, yeah, a game. Oh, no, he averaged, like, 12 points a game, I think. Yeah. Um, in, like, 20 minutes. So he was, he was a role player, but – He's still got talent for sure. I'd be interested to see where he goes. I think, I think he's going to want to aim higher than coming back to Richmond though. I don't know if that's ever happened. That could probably never happened. That I don't think it could possibly out and then yeah. come back. And plus the sketchiness of whatever went on there. I don't think he has any interest. I just thought that was interesting. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't go back to eight ten because that would just be so I'm gonna, impressive. I'm going to tweet, tweet about it right now. Um, Buckingham to VCU. In other Another eighth or former Richmond, you know, transfer news, Jake Wojcik was given, given people some buckets for Fairfield in their conference tourney, which was cool to see. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he put up like 20 plus in a game in the semifinal or the, Dude, the quarterfinal. I, I loved him. I never, I never wanted him to leave. I think he got, I think he got shafted, but. Well, dude, he's some, he's just some much needed shooting. I mean, we've shown yeah, without Blake Harden on the court, like we just have no shooting. I mean, yeah. Blake Harden and Sherrod, you know, it's just been a complete just complete loss of, of our perimeter game. And we didn't even shoot that bad percentage wise, but 
I don't know. I think Burton really fell fell off towards the end of the year in terms of him shooting. So definitely, I I thought everybody would enjoy that Demonte Buckingham transfer news. Oh, uh, I enjoyed it. That just came across my desk there. Nice. Um, so I mean, I th- I think we're you know we 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 kind of walked through everything we we wanted to talk through today. Um, yeah. The oh, I don't think we said this. So the games at uh, Wednesday night, uh, seven p.m. in in Texas. Um, I mean. I, I frankly, I'm kind of happy we're not playing on our home court because, like, I feel like yeah. a team like Toledo would come into our home court and just hit like 43s in a yes, game. Definitely, everyone shoots better in the Robin Center. It's a fact. So again, don't you know if you're listening out there, don't take our negativity on the team as the fact that we don't want them to win. We would yeah. love them to make a run at the NIT and win the whole thing. That'd be great. It would be kind of annoying because then we get that email at the end of the season that's like, yeah. Richmond has a great season and yeah. wins the NIT. Yeah, um, that was my favorite part last week when I got the the basketball update. And it was just about the women's team. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh damn, that's sad. It, dude, it's so funny. I even, oh my god, what was it? Not sad the, though. Not totally sad because the women's team is good. In the NIT selection show, Richmond signature wins over Vanderbilt. Oh Vanderbilt, <laughs> dude, yes, so, so bad. bad. How is that yeah. possibly like possibly noteworthy? Uh, it's dude, our Loyola Chicago win. I, I, I know I'm kind of rambling now, but no, I don't ow, know. How that wait, did you get that? Loyola what? Chicago rambling. They're the Ramblers. That was Oh, that's sick. good. That was, that was nice. Sick. That's good. I that's didn't good. Even do that. Um, that's the Instagram so, right there. So they, like, when we watched them, we smoked them, or we played them. We yeah, smoked them in the first easy half. easy win, yeah. And they're, dude, they're, like, top 15 in Ken Pop. Yeah, they're an, like, they're, what, they're an eight seed, right? Which I think yeah. was even low for them. Very low. Most people thought they were going to be, like, a six or seven line. So I'm, like, I'm inclined to pick them to lose first round just because if we almost bring them out of the gym, <laughs> like, how can they possibly not – how could they possibly make a run? I think they get like Illinois second round, and I'm big on Illinois. Um, It'd be a good Illinois matchup, though. Yeah. Speaking of this, speaking of the tournament, um, I don't know if we're going to be able to do like a frontline fanatics little tournament breakdown because I think it starts on Thursday. And, yeah. You know, we'll do like a reaction to whatever happens in the NIT. But really quick before we wrap this up, mm-hmm. you got any thoughts on the tournament in terms of teams you like, teams you don't like? We don't need to do a full bracket breakdown because there's plenty of people who do that. But, yeah. Anything, anything unique to how you're seeing things break out? Oh man. Um, my top things are, unfortunately, I I'm like outside of Richmond. I root for, for Michigan basketball. I don't think that they're going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, with livers out. Um, it's going to be tough. I think they'll maybe win. They'll win their first game. Maybe the second. Um, I don't think Gonzaga is the team. I think they'll make it elite eight and lose. Maybe I forget when they play Illinois, but I think Illinois is too good. I think Ohio State is our frauds, fraud two seed. What wow. else? Left After how well they just played? I don't think I don't think they're good. Interesting. Um, what else? Who do I think is gonna win? I don't know. I don't know who I think is gonna win. I honestly haven't looked too deep at the bracket, so I gotta I gotta take a deeper look and I'll discuss yeah. it later on. I haven't either. I just say I'm uh, of course I want to be high on the A ten teams, but I feel like both bodies and VCU got a pretty tough They got draw. tough draws, yeah. Like Oregon for VCU and then who do the Bonnies have? They have um LSU. Yeah, like and LSU are, is playing really well in that yeah, SEC tournament. Tough draws. I like the Bonnies though. I think they're really good. But um no, I'm gonna pick I, I'm gonna pick Illinois to win the whole thing. I think uh I'm gonna try to have Gonzaga go out and like the Elite Eight. Like everyone I'm hearing so many things saying because this is such a crazy year. Like, it's going to be a chalk tournament, and Gonzaga's going to go undefeated. Like, I just don't think that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think because it was such a crazy year, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and that's not even the narrative of, like, Gonzaga always loses, because that's kind of a false narrative. Like, they always make it yeah, to they the don't. Elite Eight, at least. Yeah. So, I, I might have them, like, bowing out in the Elite Eight, but I'm big on Illinois. I'm probably going to pick them to cut down the nets. And then, 
one thing, like literally everybody is picking Villanova to lose to, uh, what is it, Winthrop in the first round? It's like a 12-5. Yeah. And I'm going to pick Villanova to win that game. Just I mean, I, I know like, they don't have Gillespie, but, like, they're not that bad still. So. Dude, they have Jermaine Samuels. Shout out Kevin Hester, high school teammate, <laughs> Jermaine Samuels. How many of you out there played with an NBA That's player hype. in That's high school? Hype. Not me. Um, but, yeah, what about, so – What about a team like Georgetown? Can, do you think Georgetown can win? A lot of people are taking them to go pretty far. Um, cause Just because they're, they're hot, pretty, though. Are they a 10 seed? I think they have a pretty favorable 7-10 matchup. I think, but I, I can't I remember – Hold on, I got it real quick. I want to honestly say they're a 12. Also, a lot of people are really low on Creighton. They're a 12. They play Colorado. Colorado's a team I don't know much about because I can't really watch I that don't, much Pac-12. I don't think Colorado's not good. I watched I every mean, game. I watched every game last week. It's a cool story for Patrick Ewing, like for sure. Like a lot of people were already calling for his head now that he's yeah. Because I mean they were so average this year. I was I was surprised. Um, I, I mean I can't name a single player on the roster. I think but. UCSB can beat Creighton. Oh, a lot of people are saying that too. Yeah, I think UCSB Creighton. is nice. That makes you want to take Creighton. But yeah. Anyway. anyway. Anyway, so I think that's everything. A lot of interesting stuff going on. We'll see if Blake Harden plays. I don't think Grant's going to play. Maybe we'll have like a vintage Jacob Gillier performance. A Which Tyler would be Burton, great. A Tyler Burton NBA player performance. Sir. We move on to the second round of the NIT. That's what we hope for as fans, but we, we like to give you the realistic opinion here. So – We'll see. We all, we're, again, thankful to have Richmond postseason basketball. We haven't had it since – we made the NIT in 17, right? And we were like the first – 16. Well, which year was it? We were the, we were the uh, first four out team. 16. And that's when we played Arizona State and Miami, right? It was like Oakland, Arizona State, Miami. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So it's been a while. We're excited to watch it. Hopefully we don't just go out there and, like, go through the motions and show we have no – I don't know. A lot of people I know from, that didn't go to Richmond are texting me saying, like, Richmond doesn't want to be there. They don't want to play. Hopefully, hopefully we can prove people wrong because I'd love to see us at least, you know, if I can watch the actual tournament and Richmond running through the NIT at the same time, that would be pretty cool. It would be hype. So hopefully so. Um, That's all I got, man. You got anything else? No, that's all I got too. I'm just making, I'm trying to make sure if it's 15 or 16. Because I feel like we were first four out my, our freshman year. That's what it was. Yeah, because I remember. So it it was 15 then. No, but we went to the NIT again. Did we? Yeah. Two, 15, 15 was the hot year. I think we went in 2017. Yes, it was 2017. Yeah, we, 15 was the hot year. We beat we played, we, St. Francis, we, Arizona, and then lost to Miami. And then 17, and, we made it beat Bama. Yes, with TJ Klein. Yes. And lost to TCU. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So we made it to the quarters both times. But we were the one seed 2015, 2017. We were the six. But it's been four years since we um, have been yeah. in postseason basketball. Unless – did we go to like some random tournament a couple of years ago? No, we didn't play in the CBI. I don't think. No, but it was like outside of the CBI. It was like the Vegas no Invitational. I swear no something way. like that happened. All right, well, look into that. We'll have to bring that up on the next episode if you find it. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. We will uh, hope you guys are you know doing well with your brackets. Hope everybody's ready for March Madness. Hopefully it all goes well. Great to We're have looking you back. Forward. It feels so yeah. Good. It feels so good. We wish Richmond could be there, but you know we've got the Bonnies, and I I can't cheer for BCU, but we got the Bonnies, so yeah, I'll, I'll cheer for them. <laughs> feels so good to be free. Let's go, baby. Tony time. Thank you for listening, guys. I'm Andrew. Peace out. We're out. See ya. Roll spine. Kendall gonna take a fade away three. It's good, and he's fouled. Green set by Jerome. Oh, Anderson two more. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. 
the Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead. Trey Davis to inbound, underneath the basket to TJ Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck, and Fed shoots, oh, 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 oh